low water flow with a high temperature is the ideal case or the ideal circumstances for your viruses, for your molds, for your pathogens, your bacteria to grow. And that's what we want to stress out. Be sure what you're doing. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. MS Gold, the best hygiene products in livestock farming. Meta Farms, transforming agricultural with data-driven solutions for pork producers. Adiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in high-quality, safe, and sustainable way. AccuFast, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Start creating your future today at AccuFastSwine.com. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Swine It Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Kellner, and even though I said good morning, I'm going to say good evening to our guest, uh, Tim Verbergen, uh, who's the global product managers for the Shippers Group. Uh, Tim, good evening. How are things in Belgium today? Uh, things in Belgium are very good. So uh, I've heard from you, Trey, that you had some snow, like one and a half meter. We have to be satisfied with five, between five and 20 centimeters. So uh, it's a nice cold and it's still light here. Yes, no, the, the past week, and I know this episode will, will air a bit later, uh, but the past week here in the middle of January, yeah, from Nebraska to Ohio, it's just been slammed with snow. So the, the pig belt, as we like to say stateside, is uh, yeah, currently currently blanketed with a uh, uh, white 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 snow for sure. Yeah. So awesome. Well, hey Tim, today we're going to focus on water and specifically water treatments. And let's just start off first by just introducing yourself to your our audience, and then we'll we'll get into it. Now, so my name is Tim Verbrugge, um, living in Belgium, uh, all my life living in Belgium, working for a, a company that has its uh, main base in the Netherlands, uh, namely the Skippers Group. So uh, like you've said, Trey, I'm the global product manager, but a global product manager for the nutritional side. So the feed supplements for all species, poultry, ruminants and pigs uh, are related to my function as a global product manager. Before that, I was working for a premix company. So I was a nutritionist uh, who was selling, also selling the vitamins, minerals, trace elements mixed together uh, for the three species. And I formulated the feed for feed companies and for farms who made their own feed. Want to save up to 25% in labor time when cleaning your barns? With MS Top Foam Power, you effectively remove all historical pollution. MS Top Foam Power ensures the surface is perfectly clean and ready for disinfection. Find your dealer at www.msgold.eu. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for that introduction, Tim. So let's start big picture, right? I often think that water is the forgotten nutrient. Tim, what do you think that is? Um, I can uh, I can totally comply with you. So water is often the forgotten element. What's a pity, actually, because if you are looking at the animals, they are drinking at least two times what they are eating. And in, in certain cases, we are even speaking about three times, four times, five times. So that's point one. And the second point, and that's also the explanation why I think we don't pay enough attention 
to the water side, looking at your feed, feed is the main cost of your uh, production side. Feed is the most expensive element that you have on your farm. And compared to that cost, if you're looking at your water cost, it's negligible. So it doesn't cost enough to get enough attention. And, of course, we are always starting with water of good quality. If we are taking city water or we are taking source water from our well, uh, it starts with good quality. And in the major cases, in the most numerous cases, we are thinking, we are starting with good quality. We have uh, nice and clean water lines, so the water will reach our animals in a good way as well. And that's not the case. Because if we are taking a closer look, so for example, our weaning department, where the piglets are entering the, 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 from 7 kilograms uh, or something like that, the temperature is very high there. We are talking about around 30 degrees Celsius, and the water flow is very low. And a low water flow with a high temperature is the ideal case or the ideal circumstances for your viruses, for your molds, for your pathogens, your bacteria to grow. And that's what we want to stress out. Be sure what you're doing. And that's also what we are doing. We are taking a look inside that water line. We want to be sure what is happening in that water line because you cannot see without a good camera, without an endoscope, for example. So that's what we are doing in the farm as well. We want to be sure that the water is getting the attention it deserves. And that's what we want to do with our farmers, is we want to take them with us and take a look inside the water lines, and then you will see a biofilm. Then you will see the color of your water. Then you will smell your water. And then the question will arise, do you dare to drink your own water? And in in most of the cases, if we have looked at the color of the water, we have smelled the water, we have taken a look at the biofilm, there are not many farmers that will say, okay, I will do this. Mm-hmm. And even just big picture, Tim, you know, we were talking before uh, we started recording this podcast that water intake is highly correlated and high, highly causative of feed intake, right? So whether we're talking about lactation or that newly weaned pig or even at late finishing when we're trying to put every pound or kilo on before market, water intake is extremely important. So if we don't have that right, um, it doesn't matter what our diet formulation is at the end of the day, right? It'll be impacted. So let's start big picture with water treatments. And I want to group water treatments kind of into two different segments for this podcast. One is the sanitation or the cleaning of the water. And then the other we'll get to is the acidification or the enrichment of the water. So, Tim, let's start first with the sanitation or the cleaning of the water. What are those specific treatments designed to do? What are they made of? And how can they impact production? So, looking at the quality of your water, there are two major elements that are important. We are talking about the chemical analysis of your water. That's something that your, your, your water brings from itself. You can treat it, but that's not what you do with the cleaning and the disinfectant. But then the second part is your microbiological part of your water. And that's something that you can control with your cleaners and your uh, disinfectants. And that's what we want to do. Because we want to be sure, like we have said in the part before, there is also there is always a possibility that there will be a buildup of biofilm inside your water lines. And you want to be sure that you take away that biofilm, but not in an aggressive way. You don't want to take chunks of that biofilm away because those chunks are not as infected and will reach your animals. 
And we know in the biofilm, there are a lot of living elements. There is a lot of micro biological activity. So we want to do it in a, in a smooth, but in an effective way. Second part is we want to treat our uh, water with certain elements, but we do not want to change the water in a negative way. Because we know some elements that we are using as a cleaning or a disinfecting agent will also change the smell of the water or can even change the taste of the water. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Trey, the water intake is the driving force of your feed intake. And if we change the water intake, if we change the water taste, if we change the water smell, you will lower the water intake. And by doing that, you will lower your technical results. And that's why with the Skippers Group, we are working with a, a chlordioxide because we know chlordioxide, chlorine dioxide do, does not change the smell does not change the, the, the taste of the water. And by doing that, we are taking away the biofilm in a smooth way. We are disinfecting the water. So we are uh, uh, reducing the number of pathogens. We are killing off the, the pathogens and the bacteria and so on. And we are making sure that the most important, the most quantitative, because the water is the most quantitative element of your of your feet, because water and feet go together, is reaching your animals in a safe way. Oh, yeah. And that's so important, right? Let's just, you know, think about that wean pig, Tim, right? So coming off, you know, the, the suckling diet, you know, from its mom, right, in lactation, and all of a sudden it goes through that stress of that transportation and that out-of-feed event, the first thing that every pig is going to do is drink versus eat, Right. So that first taste, if we haven't flushed those water lines, if we haven't cleaned those water lines, if we don't have, you know, a, a treatment or an enrichment for that, that's the first thing that that GI tract is exposed to. And if that's negative, then how are they supposed to start on feed? Right. And an extra element, if you are weaning your piglets, they are under stress. They are, they are completely mm-hmm. stressed out. And what's happening with your with your stressed piglets? That stress will play a huge rail, a huge role on your uh, intestinal wall as well. Yes, they are also already more susceptible for pathogens because the, the gut wall is not that closed surface anymore that we want it to be. Because stress is playing a huge role, so we want to be sure that we take everything into control, that we control every little bit. And be sure that the environment that we are placing our green piglets, not only the, the, the place, not only the ground, not only the walls, but also what they are eating and what they are drinking, that that is safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the enrichment and the acidification of water next. So what are those treatments? What can they be made of? And how can they be successful, Tim? Yeah. So if we are sure that our water is safe, then we can start enriching our water. And by enriching our water, we can do a lot of things. For example, if you know that your immunity or your digestion is a little bit low, you can start with a vitamin treatment or a trace element treatment and enrich your water in that way. You can, you can supply them with vitamin A, vitamin B, and things like that. On the other thing that we are doing a lot is we are starting with water that has a pH around 6.5, 7.5 in most of the cases. We are trying to lower that pH to a, a pH just below 4. Why are we doing that? Uh, because it has a, a, good, a good effect on the stomach as well. 
how are we doing that? We are, you have two, looking at your assets, you have two groups of assets. You have the organic assets and you have the inorganic assets. Organic assets contain a carbon, at least one carbon. Inorganic assets do not contain carbon at all. Inorganic acids are cheap and are strong. Mm. So you would think, let's take those ones. They are also dangerous. Because because they are so strong, they will lower the pH too fast and too low in some cases. And another element, if you're looking at your inorganic acids, like, for example, phosphoric acid, or like, for example, chloric acid, they will not have a direct effect on your gram-negative bacteria like E. coli or, uh, and so on. With the organic acids, we are talking about, in most of the cases that we are using, we are talking about carboxylic acids. And carboxylic acids, then we are talking about the short-chain fatty acids and the medium-chain fatty acids. So the SCFAs and the MCFAs. And looking at your SCFAs, most of the names are already known by most of the farmers. We are talking about formic acid. We are talking about acetic acid. We are talking about propionic, uh, lactic, and butyric acid. So that's the carbon, the, the, the organic acids that contain one between one and four carbons. Medium-chain fatty acids, or MCFAs, contain between the six and the 12 carbons. And those are the two groups that we are using most of the time to lower the pH of our drinking water. How do we do that? We add a certain amount of acids combined with a certain amount of salts of those acids. Mm. By doing that, we can, we can offer a certain volume of those organic acids because it's volume, it's volume waste, and we can lower the pH to a pH of 3.8. And by using organic acids, we are also, like we have said in the cleaning and disinfecting part of this, uh, uh, we are also be making sure that the water is not lowered in taste, but by using, for example, lactic acid, we are even increasing the taste of our drinking water. So we are already having a benefit by using our organic acids in a way that you will increase your water intake. Yeah. Tim, so you can increase water intake by enrichment. What about the beneficial effects of acidifying water? I would assume that there's positive effects on both exogenous and in endogenous enzyme machineries, right? And especially that wean pig where their enzyme production may be lower. Tim, what has your group found beneficially um, about supporting the GI tract in terms of lowering pH and, and helping enzymes out? Taking a look at your endogenous, so we are talking about the stomach as first, as first element. There are two major and important parts of your stomach. And especially for your newly weaned piglet, the stomach is so important. Because what is, what is the function of the stomach at that moment? It has two functions. First of all, it has to do your digestion. It has to do your enzymatic processing of your protein in the first place. For doing that, it has to produce pepsin. Pepsin is an enzyme. But pepsin is only formed if the pH is low enough. Mm -hmm. If you have an increased pH in your stomach, there is, not, there is no pepsin being, being formed. What are we seeing when we are weaning our piglets? Stress and the pH of the stomach is increasing again. 
So it's not low enough to have a to have a, a very good digestion of your protein. If we are adding water with a pH of seven, or we are adding water with a pH of three point eight, you can imagine that in with a pH of three point eight, the stomach of that wind piglet can have a smoother and faster adjustment to a lower pH by doing that. And the second part is your stomach has to be a microbiological barrier as well. Mm -hmm. It is the first point of defense actually to your GI tract. And so it has to contain some low pH, but we can strengthen that also by adding undissociated, so complete organic acids. Mm -hmm. For example, formic acid. Uh, the, the short chain fatty acids and the medium chain fatty acids, if we can make sure that they are undissociated, so complete in the stomach, then we can support the microbiological barrier as well. Oh, yeah. And, and that's so important regardless of any situation, but even more importantly, um, if we have, you know, antibiotic use restrictions or, or, you know, have no antibiotic ever programs or or any type of standards like that, you know, just once again, just setting that pig um, better, basically from mouth, you know, to defecation um, is extremely important. Tim, there's, oh, go ahead. Because if you're, if you're taking one step further than Trey and you're going to the intestines, there are also organic acids that can have a beneficial effect on your intestines. Because, for example, we know the villi length of your mm -hmm. intestinal wall is of huge, huge importance for your digestion. And we also know, because there are scientific studies, that, for example, lactic acid and butyric acid, again, two carboxylic acids, can have a beneficial an energy source effect on your villi length and help support your villi length. And by helping your villi length, helping your digestion, of course. Mm -hmm. And what we are also doing, and that's uh, uh, an extra element, we are not only working with organic acids, but in some of our organic acids, there is also some ethereal oils, some essential oils, just to be sure that we have an extra effect and we have a combination of your organic acids in the one way and your essential oils in the other way, and they can help each other to improve, to support your digestion and your GIT. Yeah. No, oh, fully agree. Uh, Tim, I think uh, as we started, right, uh, water and water treatments can be a black box. I'm sure there are a lot of myths that you try to dispel about water treatments. Tim, here's the opportunity, right, for our listeners. What would you like them to know about water treatments and don't know about water treatments? You know, what myths do you have to bust out there um, in terms of your day-to-day -day role? The, the, biggest, the biggest myth that I always encounter today is uh, the myth of... Uh, uh, if you lower your pH to a pH of 3.8, your piglets won't drink anymore. Mm. Let's be sure we are working with a lot of customers. We are working with a lot of farmers all around the world because we are active all around the world. We are acidifying always to 3.8, between 3.6 and 3.8. If you do it in a correct way, there is no problem at all. They will keep drinking. And like I've said, if we are using the right organic acids mm. and we are using the tasteful organic acids, we can even improve in some cases the water intake of your peanuts. Yeah. 
Oh, that that's a great one. Any others, Tim, that you would like to, to address with our audience here? Uh, yes, of course. For the cleaning and disinfections, before, for example, uh, one of the things that is being said, and now it's it's what's being said with organic acids is that you can clean and disinfect your water lines as well. Mm. And I'm a huge fan of organic acids, like you have already heard. I'm a huge fan. I think they're great. I think they can do their job. There is one thing they cannot do. They cannot clean and disinfect your water lines. You have to use proper elements that will clean and disinfect your water lines. Because in the water lines, we will reach a pH of 3.8. At the pH of 3.8, most of our organic acids will have, at the best, a bacteriostatic effect. So they will slow down or even inhibit the growth of your bacteria. They will not kill off bacteria. They will not be bactericidic. So they will be bacteriostatic, not bactericidic. Gotcha. No, great, great point to clear up with our audience for sure. It's time for our famous three. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts. DSM Furmanish, you can combat mycotoxins in your feed with Fumezyme from DSM Furmanish. Fumezyme is the only FDA-approved enzyme to degrade fumonisins. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutritional program innovation. Feedflow, feed is too expensive to ignore. Take control with Feedflow. Sunai, we provide value-added biotech solutions. We have a time and labor-saving product for you. AgriSlats by Healthy Farms is your solution. No more lugging jugs around the barn every month. With AgriSlats, you simply drop the slat through the floor twice a year, and it works to break down solids, reduces crusting and forming. To learn more, visit MyHealthyFarms.com. Want to improve feed biosecurity? VVC Premix from DSM Firminiche can reduce pathogen concentration of feed with proven results against ASF, PED, PRRS, and SVA. VVC Premix can also help improve gut functionality, weight gain, and feed efficiency. Learn more at dsm.com forward slash VVC Premix. All right, we have some fun questions here to end with to let our audience get to know you better. First of all, we're both dealing with cold winter weather, even though the Atlantic Ocean separates us. What's the one thing in Antwerp that you look forward to the most when spring arrives and the summer or the, the weather warms up? Uh, that's a very good question and a totally unexpected question. <laughs> <laughs> so give me one second to think. Sure. About it. So what is the most? What is the thing that I that I look forward to when spring is arrived? Spring is yes, arriving. Yes, we'll get to April and May. What do you look uh, forward to doing the most in Belgium? Uh, one of those things that I uh, that I always like is to sit outside and and and, and read and 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 be on a, on a calm way. You can also do that in snow. <laughs> But it's a totally different, a totally different experience. And the other element, of course, I'm Belgian, so we are liking a good, uh, a good restaurant visit that you can visit the restaurant again, but also can sit outside and uh, eat your meal outside, for example. Yes. Yeah. And I, I've never been, but your city looks absolutely beautiful. I'm sure that it would be tough to actually look at the pages and read uh, versus the look at on the landscape. Yeah, but the, 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 the benefit that I am having, uh, Trey, is I'm not living in the city of Antwerp, 
I'm living at the out in at the at the, at oh, the farm, sure. at the farm side of Antwerp. Nice. So I'm living in the province of Antwerp, but not in the city of Antwerp. It's 20 kilometers, so I can go there whenever I want. But I also have the calm and the tranquility of the outer uh, of the villages. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, if you could fix one issue about animal agriculture today, which would you pick? I think looking at the thing that we are try- that we are doing with the, the Schippers Group, and one of the things that is the most important and will become more and more important uh, for the next years or even decades will be the antimicrobial resistance. Mm-hmm. So if we can fix... Uh, the usage of antibiotics, like you have said, without losing technical results. I think we can make a huge step because we have seen uh, antimicrobial resistance is a huge problem, but we can turn it back again. We can turn it back again. So if we can reduce or even scratch, but a sick animal always deserves a treatment. But if we can get a lot of attention to the antimicrobial resistance, and take some measurements without losing technical results. That would be the one thing that I would choose. Good, good pick for sure. Do you have a favorite pork recipe? Oh, I have more than one. I have more than one. Well, please share. <laughs> I have more than one. Uh, for example, a, a typical, a typical uh, recipe, and that would be with, uh, how do you say that, uh, pork chops. Mm. Pork, pork chops without any sauce, just the butter from the pan with cooked potatoes and then some nice green beans. It doesn't have to be better. It doesn't have to be more special than that. Agreed. Or another thing, if you have some uh, meatballs made of, 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 of pigs, uh, and then you can you can make them with, uh, how do you say that, with uh, uh, some applesauce. Uh-huh. That's also a very good choice at my place, actually. So the, the kids are loving it. No, both, both of those are really good and some of my favorites, too. All right, last question, Tim, and then we'll let you off the hook for this podcast. <laughs> what, what's the biggest hurdle that you've overcome in your career that you're the most proud of? Uh, the biggest hurdle that I have overcome... Uh, in my career would be uh, my student time that I get my that I got my diploma because uh, that's one of the most hurdles the most difficult hurdles that you are all, always encountering I think Trey uh, a lot of people you are still young you're 17 18 when you start your uh, your uh, master or your uh, bachelor uh, studies uh, you still have a lot to learn. You don't know what you do not know one hundred percent what you what you want from life, what you want to choose from your studies. So it's always a it's a good guess, but it, I would still call it a guess what you will be studying, and that's a hurdle, and that's one hurdle that I'm still proud of that I took that one. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, Tim, thank you so much for your time. I know I have learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners did too. So this concludes this episode of the Swinet Podcast. Hope you check out our weekly episodes. Uh, we look forward to listening um, to more that are coming out. Tim, thank you so much, and hope you have a great day. Thank you for having me, Trey. 
Looking to elevate your brand and captivate audiences through the power of podcasting? Look no further. Introducing the custom podcast brought to you by Wisemetics, where we take care of the behind the scenes so that you can focus on what truly matters. Podcasting has become an invaluable tool for brand awareness, but let's face it, putting it into practice can be a daunting task. It's incredibly time-consuming and requires technical know-how. But don't worry, we've got you covered. With our experienced team at The Help, we'll handle the operational aspects so you can channel your energy into what your company does best. Are you ready to unleash the podcasting potential of your company? Schedule a call with one of our specialists today at the link in the bottom of this episode. You'll also receive a free podcast strategy consult tailored to the unique needs and goals of your business.